When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops is super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so David and light. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the melee, alright? De- David Delight. De- David Delight. Da 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 David Delight. Hey! Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight. I'm your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, um, Stoops had the great idea of doing a Debbie show where we basically talk about how to build a Debbie League. And we're going to basically build it from scratch for you as this show goes on. And we figured we would have somebody that has also built a Debbie League on here with us as well. But I am joined by my partner in crime here. Stoops, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Um, yeah, this kind of just came about from, from getting quite a few different dms um through the the podcast's uh, twitter account through my twitter account just in general and just seeing a lot of people starting up leagues you know they have questions well is there a right amount of teams is there a wrong amount of teams how deep Debbie? do you want it to be shot like there's just so many different questions that, that we got so i just figured hey let's throw an episode together let's get mad on i mean he got us into a league you know he, he put together so um he's got the experience with it so just figured let's get a podcast together put some uh knowledge out there and hopefully it'll help some people of course and like he said joining us this week from the fantasy football roundtable podcast mr matt bruning how are you buddy i'm good man thank you guys for having me i'm excited to talk a little bit of debbie this morning yeah it's it is exciting and like i said it's it's three different people talking about the same topic but you know preference is obviously always the key when setting up a league uh we will say this like we want to help you build your league but at the same time, you don't have to set it up exactly like we're about to talk about. Because Stoops might like it with, you know, 12 teams. Bruning might like it with 32 teams. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's all variants. And and also, whenever you guys – whenever you're putting together a league, you know, get be, make, create the league the way you want it to, right? You know, you want it to set it up, and then people can join your league. You send them a bylaws and stuff like that. So that's the big thing for me that is understanding before we start talking. And like I said, we're going to break it down per category – 
Um, Stoop set us up a league, the battle to the top league. It's going to be a lot of fun to be in, but we're going to kick it off with league format. Okay. I'm going to break down a few, I'm going to talk about a few things and then I'm going to pass it around to you guys and what's your thoughts. So the way the battle to the top was set up and, and how we have it set up right now is 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium. And then of course, Debbie as well. So Matt, is that sound about typical of what you like to set up? Yeah, so I, I most of mine have super flex as well. I'm not in a lot of tight end premium. That does seem to be the thing that's coming around now, especially with um, I think the past couple of years, Scott Fishbowl has been doing a tight end premium super flex. That seems to be kind of the way a lot of leagues are heading. But yeah, I mean, I, I like that. And as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's all preference. If if I know there's still people who don't like tight end premium super flex. You don't have to do that, but I, I do agree. That kind of seems the best format, especially if you're going to add the Debbie aspect into it. It makes the tight end position matter. You know what I mean? It does yeah, because exactly. for a lot of the, a lot of years, it's like, you know, the tight end position is really a, a rough go around. You know what I mean? You have maybe that one or two guys that's at the top tier. And then after that, it's kind of uh, garbage. Is that this kind of the mind frame that you were going through setting up the league stoops? Yeah, that was it. And and I had never done tight end premium up until I joined Trade Addicts 3. Um, all the Trade Addicts leagues, they're tight end premium. Um, and when it comes down to it, we'll get to the scoring in a little bit. But essentially by it being premium, the tight ends just get more points, right? You can make it a 1.25, a 1.5, a 1.75. I've seen somewhere it's two, which Whew. that's a lot. I, I mean, granted. We're not too far off of that. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just fun. You know, like you said, it puts more value onto the tight ends. So I think that's that's just something uh, outside of your your Kittles, your Ertz, and Kelsey's. It's kind of like now your Wallers, your your Ingrams are starting to gain more value. Um, it's just – it boosts the tight ends up. That That's kind of the biggest reason I wanted to do that. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I like the idea as well because – well, I mean, it's funny. You mentioned Scott Fishbowl. Then I, I went through and I was like, Matt, you're in it, right? Yes, yes. Huh, just rub it in my face more, guys. <laughs> rub it in my face a little more. It's crazy because, like, I was looking at the bylaws, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, how do I even draft? You get negative four for an interception, plus yeah. one for – I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to reevaluate my entire life just playing in that league. But, um, all right. So, the question – now, I'm going to skip over to buy-in payouts, okay? Um how do you, okay, so obviously the buy into whatever you want it to be, guys. If you're listening to us, it doesn't really matter. My question is going to be is, let's just say somebody's setting up their first time league, et cetera, et cetera. What do you normally, your payout total pot, what do you, how do you split it up? Do you do like a 50, 25, 15? Do you do a 65? How much do you give first place, Matt? I'm probably different than a lot of people that do this. I, in all the leagues that I run that are, that have buy-ins in it, I try to get as many people paid as possible because I kind of view this as a, it's supposed to be for fun and nobody likes losing. I'm an extremely competitive person. Uh, I know I see both of you guys game stoops. We're in a Madden league together. I break controllers on almost like <laughs> because I do not like losing. That's how competitive I am. Uh, so for me, I like to try and pay as many people as possible. Of course, that always depends on the buy-in. So, you know, if you have a $10 to $25 buy-in, you're probably only paying one to two, third, first, second, third. Some of the other leagues, I'm in 50 to 100. I try to do like highest scoring, season, regular season champion, stuff like that, because that's the worst thing about it, I think. And I'm sure both of you have experienced this. You're a highest scoring team or a regular season champion, and you go into the playoffs and you get knocked out in that first week because someone just has a magnificent week or something like that. 
it sucks all year in fantasy football. Being the top dog. And yeah, so I, I try to do that, but I think my biggest thing I would suggest for, for you guys that are listening and building it, don't decide that until you get your league full. I always think that it's best to have the most, most of your league on board with how you're going to do the payouts and how much your payouts will be, because it's going to make the, the league more fun for everybody. If, if it's something that's a consensus agreed upon. Stoops. Yeah. So for me, I, I don't, and it's, it's weird. I don't have like a set, like it's going to be a 60, 30 and 10 or whatever. Like I don't have it set in that sense. I kind of, cause it really does depend on what the buy-in. So we did $25 for this one. We're doing $50 up front. So that's essentially covering year one and year two. So come year two, it's still going to be $25 due, but you're paying for that essentially now third season and so on and so forth with it being Devi. Um, that's why I threw that aspect into it. I generally don't require people to pay a year in advance. Um, I know that some leagues do that for if you're trading draft picks or so on and so forth, um, which is not a bad thing to do. It kind of covers yourself. It covers, you know, um, the integrity, I guess you could say. But no, I don't have a set, you know, like I said, 60, 30, 10 type split or whatever. But kind of like Matt, I I like to get as many people paid as possible. So for this one, it's only a $25 buy-in again, $50 up front. But I like that third place game. I always have a third place game. So I like to give them at least their money back. Um, one thing that was mentioned in the chat was, well, what if, and we're going to, we were, I haven't put the poll up yet, but take a vote on it. What about not paying third place, but essentially doing it to where it's, um, forgot what the term was, but basically that $25 like kind of rolls over. So if someone wins back to back, they get that pot, you know, I've never been in a league like that. It's not a bad idea. Um, it kind of helps to me, like that does help with, with long-term build right it's not so much i'm just going to win this year and and call it not call it quits but you know what i mean so um but i'm in another league much different format but it's basically highest score uh per week it gets ten dollars um every week that gets paid out at the end of the season and then first second third they get money so there's just so many different ways to do it but yeah getting as many people paid as possible i think is going to be the the common way um that a lot of people are going to like that it just it makes it people are more involved, right? Cause you could, yeah. you could have a team that's really not that great, but basically have a week where you scored 137 points or whatever. And you are the high scoring team. So, Hey, I just won 10 bucks, you know? Yeah. My buy-in was X amount, but I won 10 back. So it's just, it's just stuff like that, you know, keeping more involvement. Yeah. See, that's the thing for me. Um, in a couple of leagues that I've been in before, you know, I'll go 11 and one, right. Have a great season, get the first round by, some guy goes five and seven and and just or whatever the the six and whatever the math is there, yeah. but just goes in and and completely wipes the floor with everybody, right? You know what I mean? It's like you kind of you skirt your way in, you know what I mean? So giving somebody to the champion of the league, right? You know what I mean? The the the, the division winner or whatever you want to have the, the best record, right? Um, for me, what I always like to do when I set up leagues is uh, this works kind of more in redraft as well, but. I always like having a a toilet bowl, whatever you want to call it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whoever wins basically gets their money back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if somebody starts off the season, oh, and six, you know what I mean? It's like, what is really enticing them to really care about the rest of the season? Obviously integrity, as you mentioned earlier, Stu, that's one of those things where, you know, you put those in the bylaws. We'll talk about more of those later, but like, if you don't set a lineup, you don't do this, you do, like, you know, that's a problem, right? You know what I mean? But if you're going to be in a dynasty or Debbie league, like you have to have that integrity to want to set up your lineup every single week and, and make sure the consistency is there. Uh, make sure there's no tanking, which we'll talk about a little bit later as well. But for me, it's, it's, 
It is. It's really disheartening. Obviously, people will be like, oh, well, you know, well, maybe you should have been good in the playoffs. But it's like, well, that's not really how fantasy works. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not it's not the NFL where you just, you know, you went 16-0, and 19-0, and, and you lose in the Super Bowl. You know, this isn't the Patriots. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? God, that hurts to talk about. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that's that's what I – that's as a collective whole right there. Um, so moving on, scoring. The, one of the big things is obviously with Superflex is the six points for the passing touchdowns, right? Um, for me, it, for the first God knows how many years I play, I've played fantasy football since I can remember, it's always been four for the quarterback, right? Uh, Matt, c- kind of talk me through the transition into this sixth touchdown. Obviously, it makes the quarterback position value a little bit more. Is this where you go on yours? And and what is your thought process behind the six as well? So some of them, I think – I see. I'm not in many super flex. I guess I'm still kind of a, a dinosaur in that in that format. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm in five right now. Three of them are six point, and the others are still four point. Uh, the six point, I do, I do what you just said, Ricky. It makes them more valuable, obviously, because they get those two extra points, and they, for the most part, obviously, unless they hand the ball off and the and the running back gets a rushing touchdown. Anytime they throw a touchdown, they're getting now as many points as the wide receiver is at least touchdown wise. They're still losing a little bit less in the yards category because the wide receivers usually get that point one for every yard where the quarterbacks get usually like two two point five or something like that. Uh, so I think it does. It obviously makes them more important because you've got guys like Patrick Mahomes who's throwing you know sixty <laughs> touchdowns. But what I like about six yard. Um, the six points per passing touchdown is I think it actually levels out the QB playing field. Whereas we just talked about our top 12 quarterbacks. I know Ricky, you saw where I had Lamar Jackson and a lot of people didn't give me crap about that. Uh, those guys like Lamar, Kyler, Josh Allen, who do ru- do so much rushing, it separates them in regular QB scoring. If you're just doing four points of passing touchdown, because they have that added element where now a guy like Patrick Mahomes, yes, he still brings you some rushing when he throws his 50 yard, 50 to 55 passing touchdowns. He's going to easily be the number one QB, regardless of what anybody else does rushing because of that. So I like the six points per passing touchdown because it, it levels out the QB playing field a little bit, in my opinion. I like that Stoops. Yeah. I, I'm just, and for me, when I first started, um, running basically being the commissioner of of fantasy leagues years and years ago i don't know why i don't know if it was just one league i was in i liked i've always done six i have been in a couple leagues where four is the um the the total for passing touchdowns but it's just kind of six has always been where i've gone with it you know and it does seem like a lot of leagues are kind of transitioning to that um the one thing that i and it's not on our, our thing here but like interceptions I have it set to, I believe, negative two. I almost think, thinking back on it, maybe if I'm doing six, it'd be negative three or something like that to kind of, you know, level things out a little bit more maybe. But um, I have it set to negative two, and that's just a preference. How, how much emphasis do you want to put on turnovers? That's really what it comes down to. But, um, yeah, six is kind of always just how I've gone with it. Um, but if you do four, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know, it just, like Matt said, it just puts, puts value on more value on other guys because it kind of limits the passing, you know, uh, points. It kind of boosts the rushing area. So it just changes things a little bit, but it's just, it's just part of the strategy. It just creates different drafting aspects and just different player values. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. The thing about it is, is like, for me, it's like always been frustrating because it's always the, I think this has always fallen into that late round quarterback strategy, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that 
to me, the late round quarterback strategy was cool and all, but I like taking, you know, I like the quarterback position being as relevant as the rest of the positions. You know what I mean? It, the four points, in my opinion, really takes a step back and it does influence a lot. Of course, you're running quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Your Lamars, your Josh Allen's that are going to get six, seven hundred even in Lamar Jackson's, you know, category there, a thousand, a thousand yards on the ground. He he's light years ahead of Mahomes. And that doesn't, it doesn't really make sense to me in, in the situation when we're talking quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. He's can, he can run the ball. Well, you know, if he got 30 touchdowns and, and 20 on the ground, then, then he could be in that same conversation. But for me, it's, it's always been, I've always been in like the four, but in the last couple of years, I love the transition. And for me personally, I like the six as well. The interceptions, it's it's funny as well. Um, real quick is with the interceptions, I, I've, I'm on both sides. I've, I've been in a couple of leagues where there's zero negative points for the interceptions. And then I've seen them as, as high as whatever the half total is of yeah. the touchdown. You know what I mean? That's kind of, you know, typical. I agree with what both of you guys were saying. It's normally like if it's four points, it's two interception, you know, minus two, six minus three, you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it, it's, it's a good fluctuation to kind of have half what your touchdown value is there as well. Um, let's see. So rushing, rushing yards, that's pretty typical, right? The point one mm -hmm. per, you know, 10 yards, your rushing touchdowns is the six um, PPR. Uh, we're all PPR here. hundred percent guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm not a – look, this is my theory. Either you're full PP, full full point PPR or you're not PPR at all. I don't like this half-point PPR. I've never been mm -hmm. a half-point guy. You know what I mean? I, I personally, PPR standard. That's It's always been standard. It'll always be standard. I don't understand why you would want to do standard leagues anymore. If a receiver's catching the ball, he should get points, period. Like it's – you know, you guys' thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I I understand why people still play standard. It's kind of what I mentioned to Stoops earlier, where I feel like I'm in some 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 of the what you'd consider dinosaur leagues in, in the way that they do scoring. And I think a lot of that's just some people don't like change. That mm -hmm. they, they hear like I'll, I'll be honest, one of my longest running dynasty leagues, we still do half point PPR, just because most of the people in that league. Well, no, I, I'm with Not you. Kidding. I love <laughs> full point PPR, but th those people see it as. It's, it's changing the whole way the league works if you move it up that 0.5 because then these people are going to be so much – and it really doesn't. It's, okay, so it changes Michael Thomas yeah. because he just <laughs> 180 balls a year. Okay, yeah, you're right. It changes him. But, yeah, it, it doesn't change as much as people think. But I think so many people, when especially if they've been playing Dynasty or, or fantasy football for so long, they played certain ways. They're always afraid to take – it's kind of like Debbie right now. Like we all, we all think Debbie is going to be what is super flex now, super flex – you know, I can go back to a couple of years ago. There was Superflex was not a big thing. Everybody's like, oh, do I really want to have two QBs? Mm -hmm. that, you know, that means 24. Some people aren't going to have three, you know, stuff like that. Now, Superflex, oh, that's all everybody wants to play. And I think that's where Debbie's heading as well. It's just something people are afraid to try, I think, in my opinion. But, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think full point PPR is just the best way to go. But uh, I, I can't hate on people if they don't want to do it because – you know, it's supposed to be fun, and if you want to run, you know, a, a touchdown only league, by all means, do you, do you? I guess. Yeah, because there's a variance there, right? You can do put yeah. carries, you can do first downs. The, the The scoring system can be set up however you want. The structure of what we're talking about right now is kind of the guidelines. You're typical. You know what I mean? When you look yeah. at the, the the scoring in this system, it's pretty typical of what every other league is, right? Of course, the tight end premium in this league is the point seven five. 
points per. So basically for every catch, guys, if, if whoever's listening, for every catch, a tight end is going to get the 1.75. You know what I mean? That's that's the tight end premium aspect, aspect here. This just influences the tight end position to give it value. Because like I said, the tight end value in a standard league, even a standard PPR league, the tight ends are useless. You have Kelsey. You have, you know, Kelsey. Um, Kittle, you know what I mean? I couldn't think of, I, I knew there was another K there. So Kelsey, 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 Kittle, there we go. So Kelsey and Kittle, but like outside of that, like, is there a guy that really just, you feel like you're going to get that value out of him in the first couple of rounds, you know, Kelsey and Kittle will go in round one or two, probably, you know what I mean? Even borderline three, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But after that, you might not see a tight end go until, you know, six, seven, eight. I've always been one of those guys that if I'm in a normal league, my tight, I'll draft the tight end and round. I'll draft the tight end right after I used to draft a kicker. Um, I, I still was in one of those leagues, um, you know, but it, it's, it's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for me, it's like, it gives another, again, it gives a position value. You're drafting the position. So why not give it some extra value? Right guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's why I wanted to put the, the extra value on it. Just give the tight ends a little bit more, more value and, um, you know, it kind of bumps them up the draft board, but yeah, that's that's my biggest thing for it. Yeah, I think it definitely bumps up the lower guys, like the the yeah. guys you mentioned, Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews. Those guys are still going to be by Monster. far the top dogs of the position. Yeah, and Ertz, but I mean that it brings up the bottom and makes them more more relevant. It makes it mm-hmm. like you were just saying, Ricky. Now you can't draft that tight end at the end of your draft because now you might actually be kind of screwed because <laughs> tight end position has been raised. You're going to want to take someone earlier. Exactly. All right. So roster construction as a collective whole. All right. For this particular league, we had 24 active players, 10 taxi squad slots, four injured reserve. Um, so starters per week. Well, let's let's tackle that first. Let's tackle that first. So obviously taxi squad obviously is for your Debbie players or rookies. Um, that's what that is allotted for right there. If you don't know or unaware, you know, that's, that's what it is. So 24 um active players and then of course the 10 taxi squad slots stoops what was your thinking behind that so when i set this league up it was definitely i was trying to gear it more towards uh, people who are newer to the debbie aspect of it so i felt so and we'll get into it a little bit later but with the 10 taxi squads so our initial um uh year it's a 10 10 draft or a 10 round debbie draft right so i wanted to create something that was deep but not deep compared to other leagues that, that I'm in. So it's, it's kind of one of those to get your feet wet with it, but also not make it so shallow that you feel like you're not gaining any extra knowledge, right? So the 24 active rosters, it was kind of, again, just that some of them may be newer to fantasy in, in, in some form of a sense. So I didn't want to make it like a 35 you know, active player plus the 10 um, taxi squad. So I, I tried to think of a way that would kind of level things, make it not so in depth that it's overwhelming for some guys, but still deep enough to where someone who might be a little more active is still going to have fun with it. So that's kind of the way I was looking at it. Um, if you wanted to go deeper with it, by all means go to 30, 32, whatever it is. Um, for me, I put more focus on the taxi squad. Cause I, like I said, wanted to to make it a little bit more of a in-depth Debbie league but not overwhelmingly deep to where some people are you know because and I'm not I'm gonna talk about it until it's over but it's 100 rounds that pinnacle it's a hundred round Debbie league like we're drafting got there was a, a tw- 
a 2026 draft eligible quarterback already drafted. Like that's how deep it is. I didn't want that for this league, right? I I, I didn't want <laughs> now. If you want to draft them, go for it. You know what I mean? Like that's we'll get yeah. to that later. That's in there, but that's not what I was going for. It's it's just I, I wanted to have people who've never de- experienced Debbie get their feet wet, but not have it so shallow that they're kind of like, ah, that was kind of boring. You know what I mean? So that was my thought process behind the taxi squad and then the active rosters, just making it to where it's deep enough. You're still gonna, you know, be able to get your top guys while having a little bit of depth pieces on your your roster, but then obviously have your Debbie guys come up at some point. Matt? Yeah, I, I like the way that it's set up and just looking at it. Um, I don't know if you just mentioned it or not. I love the way that you have the four flex spots on there. You kind of limit the – you only have to have two running backs and two wide mm-hmm. receivers. It gives you a chance to to be more flexible with your lineups. Uh, I agree with everything he said on the Debbie part. I mean, 10 is uh, – we play, I think, in ours that I created just to kind of help people get used to it. Same thing. I think we only did four just yeah. to kind of keep it to where they're still getting a lot of rookies in. I, I like that. Like, 10 is a, a – perfect medium i know stoops i heard you were in this uh, campus to canton league i jumped in two this is my first these this year it, it's ridiculous how deep those things go so yeah mm-hmm. i think 10 it's a, it's a very good number you can keep even if you don't go geez 2026 20, eligible yeah. players, like you he just mentioned uh you know that's still 10 that 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 still gives you a decent amount of players available at least every year debbie i would think especially if everybody goes heavy juniors, seniors this year, you're not going to have a, a really heavy rookie draft, but I think that still gives you plenty of Devi players to go into every single year when you hit your Devi draft. So I, I like it. I think that's a good number. Yeah. See, that's the thing that's important for me. It, it, it kind of makes the rookie drafts redundant. If you go too, too deep, right. You know what I mean? Like obviously the first rookie draft is probably going to be a little weak. Um, you're still going to have those guys like Joe Burrow, right? They're going to come out of completely left field and have the season that nobody expected. And you're like, Oh my God, like he didn't get taken. So I have an opportunity to take him. But that, I think that first year and even sometimes the second year, especially in the 10 people deep, those rookie drafts are not going to be as in depth as you want them to be. You know, those assets aren't as strong. Like we were, we did the auction in one league. You know what I mean? It was like, you could literally trade your first, second, third, fourth and fifth round, 2021 you know rookie picks for you know pennies on the dollar you know what i mean because everybody knew that you know you have 20 people deep and and debbie players there's not going to be anybody really available Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so understanding you want to make it fun year round because you don't want that rookie draft to be kind of boring you know what i mean like that that particular point it's like ah you know who am i going to take you know what i mean it's really kind of in that predicament i like it as well And, and the starters he had set up the quarterback two running backs, two receivers, one tight end. And of course you have the flex spots. That's, that's, it's important to have the flexibility. Um, if you have a team that has four good tight ends, you know what I mean? Like you want to be able to play all four good tight ends, play all four good tight ends. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's however you, you know, if it kind of falls into place, it differentiates the draft as well. Whenever you're drafting as well, if you're getting certain guys at one particular spot, you don't, you don't have to pick per position anymore. Right. First couple rounds, quarterback, running back, cool, I'm going to drive. But once you get to the later rounds, you're not worried about, all right, well, I need to fill out the tight end position. I need to fill out this position. No, you can fill out however you want to. Mm-hmm. If you want eight receivers on your roster, draft eight receivers. You know, I obviously can't start all eight of them, but you know what I mean? Like it, it gives you flexibility to kind of do whatever you want with it. All right. So uh, let's see here. Weekly lineups. 
it says it here. I'll just read these real quick, and we'll kind of move on here. Players lock when the players begin. If an owner doesn't set a lineup, the previous week's lineup will be used. If the same owner doesn't set up two weeks in a row, we'll issue a warning to the owner. If no communication from the owner for the third week in a row doesn't submit a lineup, commissioner will remove the owner immediately with no refund of the dues already paid. Everybody agree upon on that one? Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, I, the only difference I have in mind, and actually this is the first year, and in, in this past season was the first year in seven seasons I've had to deal with it. I actually do a warning after one week. Um, but that's just because, and actually in this league, it was because this guy, um, he went to a full rebuild during the preseason, and he got to a point where he he did. He was like, you know, I think he was like one in seven or something like that. And he was actually playing a team that was on the playoff bubble, didn't set his lineup, and that team ended up blowing him out, where had he just put in a couple – or not blowing him out, they, he, they won by like five points, I think is what it was. And had he just played one of the players that he left in, like Rashad Penny or something like – it wasn't Penny because it wasn't that late in the season, but it was a player who had gotten hurt, and they weren't even playing. They have been out for two weeks. And he uh, left him in, and I didn't even catch it the first week because I, I just kind of lost what I was doing. But then it's played on the second week, and all he would have do is switch in the running back he had, and he would have easily beaten that guy, and it would have completely changed our playoff race. So I always put in, if you don't set your lineup one week, I'm going to reach out to you and be like, hey, man, what happened? If you have a good reason, I will let it go because I understand people get busy and stuff like that happens. But if it's just one of the, oh, I forgot, now nah, you do it again and you're out because – we talked about we like it to be fun for everybody as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that means you have to kind of pay attention to be competitive every year because you are affecting somebody's chance of making the playoffs and possibly affecting how they can get paid or somebody else if they, if they needed that win or stuff like that. So for me, if you can't – it takes, what, five minutes to set a lineup? Like, I understand it sucks. I'm in a couple – I mean, I'm in a crap ton of leagues. And <laughs> I'm not good in all of them. There are some that I'm really bad in. It, it takes five minutes. I mean, again, I'll tell you right now. I'm in 45 leagues. If I can set all my lineups every single week, you can set yours, man. It's not that hard. Just go in, you know, Sunday morning, whatever. Just go in, run through your lineups really quick, and you're done. It takes maybe 10 minutes. It's not that hard. Yeah, that's the thing is just set a spot every week. Wednesday at 6 p.m., I'm going to go in and set all my rosters. Bam! Hey, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's that simple. You're right. It's the pivotal times in the league where it matters the most. It, it's like if you don't set your lineup. And, and, and at that point, it's like, well, is that collusion? Did he not? You know what I mean? It's it's You, mm -hmm. you have to look at the layers of that. You know what I mean? It, it kind of goes deeper than that. All right. So we're good there, everybody? Yes? Yeah. Okay. So taxi squad rules, there will be 10 taxi squad slots available for every owner. A player who are, uh, Players who are in the NFL rookies and Debbie or college and high school players are eligible for the taxi squad. If there are any taxi squad violations, a first warning will be issued to the team owner and must be fixed ASAP. If the issues persist, a second and final warning will be issued and the co commissioner will fix the issue. <laughs> and a third violation will result in immediate removal from the league with no refund and the new owner will be found immediately. Thoughts, guys? You can find out real quick. Again, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I go to that third. Uh, I kind of give those two firsts. Again, knock on wood because I haven't had to. I haven't had the situation that you had to deal with, Matt. Like I haven't had to really do it. Right. It's one of those where you do one of two things. You either are lenient with it, a little bit lenient with it, have the rules there, kind of like I am with it, or just start it off the beginning. Hey, first time you got a warning. Second time we're moving on from it. You know what I mean? So it just depends on how, how early you want to catch it. Um, and you, you always hope this when you start up a league, you hope when someone says they're interested, 
you hope that they're fully interested, you know? So I'm a little bit more, you know, uh, lenient or more, more relaxed on the amount of times. Obviously for me, it's three. Like there's no, if you start going fourth, fifth, one, like what's the point? Like why even have a rule? So yeah. I think three is the absolute, like three is, Hey, you're done. Like we've, we've given you two chances to fix this. You, you got to fix it. And the great thing about MFL, um, that's where I run most of, most of my leagues is basically there's settings in there for the commissioners that you can set it. Hey, so Debbie's different. You kind of have to set it to where it's like you allow everyone because technically when you go and add created players, like you can't make them a rookie. So you kind of have to just pay attention a little more. So it's a little bit more on the commissioner. But in, in a more traditional league, for example, like you have settings where it's, hey, only rookies or rookies and second year players. So MFL has gotten pretty good about that. So Devi, you do have to pay a little more attention to it. But um, yeah, it's just the violations thing. Like it's pretty straightforward. Hey, put your rookies and put your Devi guys. And the awesome thing about uh, MFL also, you can set it to where if a player is a rookie, it has that R next to their name. So it does make it much easier for commissioners if you have other guys in place, co-commissioners or anything like that, to just go click the rosters tab, jot through real quick and be like, oh, hey, you've got Michael Thomas on your taxi squad. We we can't have that, you know? So it does make it easier in that sense, but yeah. Yeah, I agree with Stoops. And, and I would suggest it. I always, I feel bad when I say I suggest MFL for any platform. I love MFL. I run all of my dynasty leagues for the most part on that Uh the reason I say I hate it is because it is a paid website, but yeah. I think they're it's well worth the money. Uh, the one thing I'll say on what Stoops was saying is you can even actually go in. It's a lot of work on the commissioner, but I'm also very anal about the way my leagues are run. Uh, so I, I feel bad because I really don't care about Sleeper, and that's the one that we're all in. So I kind of <laughs> avoid that one. But uh, uh, on, on MFL, like when it comes to my taxi squad and everything, I actually put it to where only the commissioner can do stuff. Like you can move, you can move the players up, but you are not allowed to drop anybody. And so I, as the commissioner, am the only one who does it. So after our rookie drafts, after our Debbie drafts, I go in and move everybody down that my the teams tell me they want on their taxi squads, and I do it myself. That way, because you can change on the setting on there. I think it's um, I always put after nine million and nine hundred thousand something days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, once they get moved up, they can't get dropped down. Yep. So then players they can't drop anybody down. So it literally means only the commissioner can do it, and that to me is the easiest way to do it because people sometimes do do it by accident, right? Like I've had people do it where like they thought they were clicking drop, but then it says drop to taxi squad, not drop from roster, and they drop in like oh shit, my bad. Yeah. And so happens and you i'm with you on that part on the taxi squad i'm i'm all for giving people a couple mistakes my oh hey i understand because it's especially if you're doing it on your phone it's an easy just miss yes. of your finger and you do it so i'm all for hey i got it accident no big deal we'll fix it but uh yeah i mean like i said mfl if you can just the ability that they give the commissioners to build rosters and the the power that they give them to kind of make sure everything is set up into place it limits the amount of error that can happen and i i really love mfl for that so this next part, the startup draft, okay, 24-round snake-style slow draft. Each owner will be awarded 24 total picks, one per round, eight-hour time limit per pick. One of my favorite things that, that was added to this stipulation here is one that I, I – either I never read the bylaws. Um, I'm guilty of that. Um, I am guilty. Please, guys, don't do that. Don't be, Again, this is prior to me – I'm just saying prior. Okay, guys, I rate his defense. He kind of got roped into it. I was like, Hey, we're going to co-own a team. And he's like, okay. So, yeah. (laughs) So, but the one thing I like about this is if an owner 
times out, their pick will be skipped with no player drafted. Okay. This to me is something that I really, really like. Okay. How many times have you been in a draft where you get auto auto picked, auto sniped, auto this because some guy just times out a consecutive timeout. Getting timed out is one of the worst things ever. What I will say is this, guys, don't be that guy. You know what I mean? Don't be that guy. Don't eight hours us every single draft. Stuff happens. Life happens. We all understand that. But one thing you can do, a lot of the movement is is moving to like a group chat, whether it's Twitter, whether it's group me, whether whatever group chat thing that you have out there. Communication is key, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later as well, but communication is massive key here. But, however, if a pick is skipped and the owner contacts the commissioner, an undrafted player can be added to the team's roster. A warning will also be given to the owner. Second time, um, he will be removed from the league, and the draft will be paused until a replacement owner is found. No refund will be issued upon removal. Um, Matt, thoughts? No, I like that. I actually really like uh, what you were just saying on um... – God, I just lost it. I was looking at some of your other rules on here. <laughs> uh, that uh, that they go, that it goes undrafted. I do like that because it's yeah. happened to me. Um, I mean, it was just a mock for that league that shall not be named for Stoops. Uh, I was doing a mock <laughs> practice for that, and uh, that where are you happened. picking at? Where are you picking at, Matt? Where are you picking at? Uh, I'm picking at eight, which I'm, I'm actually kind of okay with. I like picking. Yeah. I like picking the background. Most of the mocks I've done before I even found out where I was picking, I was picking right in between seven and ten. So. Uh, but it happened to me. And again, it was just a mock, so it's no big deal. But, like, they timed out, and it was like I really wanted that, that quarterback because I really liked the way that my whole team was going. So it happens, and, and I like that. I like that it just goes, hey, you just missed your pick. Kind of like is that's exactly what happens in the NFL, right? Yeah. If a team, I know it hadn't happened in forever. Minnesota was Vikings. the last thing that happened, yeah. yeah. Where, hey, you missed your pick. You can submit who you want, but we just moved on to the next team. That's the best strategy, I think, in my point. Because they also – while you may not want to be fair to the person that timed out, it does also kind of screw them because say they had just drafted three wide receivers in a row and they wanted to go running back, whatever happens, they timed out. Now you got Adam Thielen too. And they're like, shit, now I got to wait an entire mm-hmm. round to possibly get a running back. So in a way it does help them as well. So I really like that. rule. Yeah. I like it a whole lot. Um, so obviously here folks, this is where I also want to um, mention we, we're doing snake style. We've both, all of us have been in auction style leagues as well. Um, so quick thing real quick before we skip this next up snake style auction style. We've both been in, in both. If somebody's setting up an auction style for just the regular player rookies slash NFL players right now, um, what is the dollar amount you like to kind of set the stone there, Matt? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I think it depends on roster size. I don't remember what I did for ours, though. I think it was like 120000 I think we had twenty four, and we also did the Debbie – or the, just the first Debbie pick in there. So it just kind of varies. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't think the dollar size matters as much because whatever you put in there, people are going to uh, learn to adjust to it very quickly. It just kind of depends on how you want to spend your – I always suggest going a little bit higher, especially if it's first. If this is your first auction league, I suggest putting the number a little bit higher because you are, as as you guys learned in the one we did with a lot of people who had never done auction before, you kind of learn quickly 
how much money you can spend and how much money you can't spend. So I always suggest going a little bit higher just to kind of help those people out who've never done it before. Once they realize I shouldn't have spent $190 on this one running back, they can at least adjust their strategy moving forward and, and kind of fix everything. So, but for me, I don't think it matters as much how much you put, just make sure everybody knows that ahead of time that they're having 24 roster spots, Whatever, if you put Debbie rookie players in there, this is how much money you have. You cannot go over, and, and everything should be good. Yeah, I, I agree. It, as far as the dollar amount, it, it to me, it doesn't make a difference. It just changes your – I don't even want to say changes your strategy. It just – if you said, hey, I'm going to go $200 on so-and-so, now you may only be able to go to a max of 100. But it, it's just – it's all a relative. It all gets adjusted. Um, it's all there. So I don't think the dollar amount really matters. But I like what you were saying, Matt, as far as if it, if it's – if you're newer to, to auctions or whatever it may be, if, you, if, you, if in your head you're like, I'm going to do it 500, maybe you go up to 800, 900, something like that, right? You, you don't need to go double, triple of it, obviously. You can. doesn't matter. But um, – all it does is just, like I said, if you're going to go 200, now you're at $1,500 budget, you might go up to 450. It's just, it's just all relative. So I don't think the dollar amount really matters. It's just like you said, as long as everyone understands, this is what you have. If you spend $400 of your 500 on Mahomes, just realize you have to fill 23 other people with $100. Like so, it's just making sure they understand that. And we were in, um, I don't remember which one it was. Um, Anyway, the guy wanted Mahomes, Tyreek, and I think one other guy. And he literally spent like 80% of his budget to get those guys. So he got his guys, but now the rest of his roster is just like, he's like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Well, yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't have. But, you know, everyone everyone's different. So, yeah, dollar amount to me doesn't make a difference. Um, it's just as long as everyone understands the rules and what's happening with it, then then you're good to go. Debbie rookie draft, 10 round rookie, uh, 10 round Debbie draft. Obviously we talked about that. That's on preference. If you want 10 rounds, 20 rounds, 30 rounds, hundred rounds, that's completely in your preference. Um, 10 year, uh, first year players who are currently in college or high school are eligible for the Debbie draft. So that means anybody in college football, anybody that, um, is playing first, second, third year, sophomore, junior, freshman, senior fred shop red search sophomore whatever you want to it doesn't matter and any player that is in high school is eligible for your De- uh debbie draft any player that is declared at any time for the nfl draft is not eligible for the debbie draft um does that sound pretty normal for everybody here before i kind of go to the next step yeah it, it's common sense obviously but again i, I want to break it down to the point where everybody kind of understands it you're able to do high school players as well and one thing i would say is i threw the high school aspect in there because it just it opens the field up a little bit more yep. you can set or, or in the bylaws you can basically say only college players yep. some yep. don't want to go that deep they don't want to go into the high school landscape just yet but in my mindset because I, I i love deep debbie leagues but in my mindset it was kind of if i'm throwing high school in now that could potentially it just it, it could change the landscape of a rookie draft, right? If someone's already drafted a high school senior, well, that means they took a pick, and now that's where your Clyde Edwards come in. That's where you know what I mean. Where certain guys like that come in because they weren't picked because they were a three star prospect. Nobody drafted them, and over the years it'll happen. But just know you don't have to throw high school guys into the Debbie aspect. You can say college only. I just wanted to go a little deeper with it. So, 
I, I agree a hundred percent. So, and then for year two, five round Devi rookie draft starting in uh, the second year, again, preference, however many rounds you want to do per year is up to you. Any player that has not been drafted via the initial Devi draft will be eligible for the five round Devi rookie draft. Once the draft has concluded, any NFL rookies that are still unrostered will then be eligible via FAAB waivers. Um, everybody good there? Yeah, there, there's one thing I'd like to say on that one, because I know we're, as I said, the one that we're in, if you don't have as deep Debbie rosters as Stoop set up in this one, I always suggest doing two different drafts, a Debbie draft and a rookie draft, because you're still going to have a lot of available players. And it also opens up trades and everything. It makes the league a little bit deeper when it comes to trades, because now you've got two different pools that you can trade from. But again, that's a uh, shallower, shallower Debbie players rules. Like again, the one that we're in four, four rounds, mm-hmm. Not nearly as much as 10, obviously. You have a lot more players available, rookie and Debbie-wise, so I always suggest doing two drafts, again, just to make it a little bit more fun trade-wise as well. And I've also seen, it's kind of the same concept, but what some people will do is, let's call it five, seven rounds, it doesn't, whatever. What they'll say is, hey, rounds one, two, and three are rookies, four and five are Debbie. So it's kind of the same concept, but like what you're saying, having two separate, it just creates more trading options. It just kind of puts values in different areas. So again, no right or wrong way. Um, But I've seen it also to where it's one draft, but this round through this round are your rookies, this and this are your Devi. So different ways of doing it. Okay. So draft order for the Devi draft will be the reverse order of the initial NFL startup draft. I like that as well. Um, So basically if you picked 101, you were then 112 in the uh, Devi slash rookie draft. Um, I think that's kind of cool. Obviously, you can set that up however you want to. You can watch The Bachelor and figure out, you know, you pick a guy and that's how they finish. I've been in a league where we've done that before. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, there's so many different ways how you can pick an order for a draft. I, I know Stoop used um, 100yardrush.com um, to pick his draft order, which is super awesome as well. Um Let's see here. Year two will be determined via final standings of the previous season. So again, if you know you finish one on one in the league, you will be the twelfth pick overall. Um, just like you know how the NFL works as well. Any fluctuations there, guys? Uh, the only thing I do different, and I know we did it in ours, obviously in the auction. Sometimes I'll put the uh, the draft place either in the draft or in the auction bid because then it allows you to kind of pick. You know, we saw it obviously in our Debbie one. I think one of you two actually went really high at 1-1 Debbie because you wanted Trevor Lawrence. I can't remember who it was that – was it you, Stoops, or was it Ricky? Ricky, got you. Yeah, like you spent a lot of your budget on it because that, that's you wanted Trevor Lawrence. It's a super flex league. You knew you only had to wait one year for him. It's not a bad thing to do. Uh, I just like to do that because I feel like it gives every owner, um, you know, more of a say in where they get to draft because some people, you know, However you want to word it, they either got lucky with the draft pick or don't want to pick here or value Debbie more than they do regular players. And unfortunately, they just got stuck if you randomize the order in this spot and they don't want to be in that spot. So I like to sometimes throw the picks in there, but that's also something we talked about earlier in the podcast. Something you got to agree on with the, with the whole group kind of things that some people don't like doing that thing. So if you want to go that route, I was just talking to your league about that before you decide to do it. And I want all the Trevor Lawrence, so that's <laughs> – um, okay, so let's see. Debbie rookie draft will be a fixed order. So if you hold the first overall pick, you will have 101, you'll have 201, 301, 401, 501, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, how long the, the draft is. To me, that makes sense. Um, a lot of sense there. 
Uh, during the Devi rookie draft, you can draft any Devi or NFL rookie at any point in the draft. So if you want to draft the Devi player at 101, that is totally acceptable. Again, like Matt said earlier, if you split them up, then obviously you have the option of doing the Devi at one point and then the rookie at another point. It's however you set it up. Um, waivers, pretty prototypical for any league, right? You know what I mean? These are pretty standard. Obviously, you have the $500 uh, in Monopoly money there to use uh, to add players off the, the, the waivers. Um, this will be used for the entire league year during regular season and off season. Once the league is transitioned over to the new year, you will be rewarded a fresh $500 of monopoly money. There will be no rolling over of the money. Um, so basically if week one, um, Antonio golden, Ganny golden catches 400 yards and six touchdowns, you want to spend all $500 on them so that your money doesn't go to waste. Go ahead and do it. Um, I love AGG. That was a good reference. So waivers will run three times a week, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday at 10, Tuesday at 10, Thursday at 10 a.m. in the morning. Everything sound good there, Matt, as well? Yeah, yeah, I like that setup. That, I think that's the perfect way to go. All right, so trading. This is the very, obviously, can very uh, controversial. This is, I think, another one of those that you have the conversation with the league as well because you have um, – I like the never veto. Um, I do 100%. This is where I like – because, look, the thing about it is, is this. If somebody gets fleeced, it's really on the person that got fleeced <laughs> for making the trade. Obviously, collusion is a factor. If you figure out collusion, that's that's it's also kind of here. So I'll kind of read a little bit more. Each owner will be able to trade up startup picks as well as Debbie picks. Um uh, one year out, if a trade is made, obviously that's flexible as well. Yeah. Uh, I think is that the league, one of the leagues that we're in, you can trade next year's and the year after's picks. I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that's again, that's a flexibility of however you want to set it up. If you wanted to be able to trade your 2025 Devi draft picks, then set it up that way. Um, so if a trade is made that sets an owner over the max roster, they have to drop a uh, player right away to make their roster valid. Uh, it is expected this will be addressed in a timely manner. If not addressed, the commissioner will contact the owner to fix the issue immediately. FFA ABB can also be traded. So your free agent monopoly money can be traded amongst the owners if they choose to do so as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, the trade deadline will be at the end of week 12. Question before I go any further um thoughts on the trade deadline where it could potentially be earlier versus later obviously the preference here is week 12 matt are you on the same page with that as well uh yeah i mean i don't as long as it doesn't go into the playoffs i don't have an issue with it i've got some that prefer it to be i think week nine because that's mm -hmm. what the actual nfl trade deadline is uh, so some or i think it's the week after uh fantasy wise so some i'm in some leagues that prefer it to be then you know i i think any way you do it, as long as it doesn't go into the playoffs, I think that gives playoff teams a little bit more of an advantage, which I don't necessarily like because then you'll have tanking teams just trading away players because they don't care if they're like last place one to get extra picks. Uh, so, yeah, as long as it's before your playoff start, I, I, as long as it's not like week two, I, I, as long as it's anywhere between like I would say nine and 12, assuming most playoffs start week 13, anywhere between nine and 12, I think is, is a fair trade window. As long as everybody knows that it's coming, I, I really don't think there's an issue with it. No trades may be involved with uh, real cash. Um, you know, you can't throw $20. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
Once a trade is accepted on MFL, the trade is final. No trades agreed upon on uh, any other platform communications are valid, will not be processed on the MFL site. Every trade must be offered and accepted on MFL to be considered a valid offer. And the real quick, I'm not trying to interrupt. As, as, as obvious as those sound, as a commissioner, you, you got to put stuff like that in there. Like mm -hmm. you feel like that's just common knowledge. Like, well, of course you're not going to do that. It happens. I promise yep. you. Um, yes. Has it happened in any of the leagues I've been in? Not to my knowledge, but that doesn't mean it hasn't happened. It's just because you know there's times, hey man, like, because, okay, so let's just say I lived in Nashville, right? And Ricky's got Michael Thomas. I'm making a push. Hey man, let's go out to eat. I got your dinner and I know you've been <laughs> wanting those shoes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> People do it. Like I don't take fantasy football that serious. I love it. I, I'm I'm super you know involved, but I'm not going to go out of my way to say here's twenty bucks and I'll buy you dinner. But people do it. So as obvious as it sounds, you've got to put stuff like that in there. I agree, hundred uh, percent. A commissioner has the right to reverse a trade for the following reasons: a trade is accidentally accepted on either end of the deal, and both parties, both that's key guys here, not one guy saying I want to veto the trade and the other one saying no i like the trade yeah. um, both parties involved agree to the reverse of the trade so please review every trade offer carefully if this is an issue to arise please alert the commissioner immediately so the issue can be resolved if there is clear uh, collusion collusion there we go there will be trades that seem a little off but don't warrant the title of collusion however an absolute stud or multiple studs are traded for waiver wire pickups and or late round draft picks the commissioner will investigate further to be uh to better understand the reasoning behind the deal if the commissioner believes there is collusion the trade will be immediately reversed no questions asked hopefully this never comes about and a trade never needs to be reversed now question would be for you guys could you go a further step and say if you find out a trade was colluded, you can kick the guys out of the league? Yes, I, I I've done it, and I would do it first first offense. There's there's no forgiveness for that. I mean, I understand the whole "if you're cheating, you're not trying" motto, but uh, I think with that. I, I take that back. It depends on how egregious we're talking about. If it's something where, like, I traded Michael Thomas for – I'm trying to think of a, a – like a Darius Geis in a fourth-round pick, and it was just something like, hey, I just want to get something back, whatever, man. Like, I want to help you win, or I'm going to split the money. Nah, no, I take it back. Any collusion, you're out. In my <laughs> now you're just giving people ideas. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, if you collude – I think that that's just that's kind of unforgivable. You're you're destroying, in my opinion, the whole sanctity and the what's I don't want to say honor, but like the whole the whole legal. I can't speak. I'm 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 pulling a Ricky here and not being able to say the word now. legality legality of the league. Like you're 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 flushing anything everybody else has done that's tried to keep that fair and above board down the toilet by doing something like that. So I think you're out regardless. Yeah, I agree. It's about integrity, right? It's about the being a man of your word. It's about all of that. You know what I mean? That's 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 what the league's about. You know what I'm saying? So for me, that's the perfect perfect case right there. Schedule, prototypical schedule, right? 13-week season, each owner will play five teams in their division, three owners outside their division, regular season, one through 13. Please don't be the guy that has a playoff or championship in week 17. Please don't be that guy. Just please. I've it been may in a be couple coming. Well, yeah, that's different. Sorry, whenever that's, the league expands, yeah. let's not yeah. make it week 18, week yeah, exactly. whatever week you want to call it. All right. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> whatever the last week of the season, <laughs> don't make that a week of a playoff matchup. 
I've been in a league before where it's like that, and like half my roster had mm -hmm. to be sat that week. Um, schedule will be randomly generated at MFL. I think we're all good there on the schedule. Playoffs. Top eight teams will make a playoffs. This one is a little bit different for me. Uh, this is a rather deep playoff league, but I like what Stoops did here. Yeah. Obviously, because you want to make it competitive. You know, you you only have four teams that don't make the playoffs. So that's obviously a good thing. And real quick, um, the only reason I did eight, to be honest with you, is because this one right here, we kind of did it. So there's two divisions. Um, it's basically what, I, what we're calling like a relegation style. So basically your top six teams will be in division one. Bottom six will be in division two. And that's going to change yearly. So basically... I didn't want to essentially go into the playoffs knowing, oh, well, those are the top six. These are the bottom six. And there's really nothing for you to fight for. Yeah, draft picks, winning money. I get that. But having the eight teams, it at least gives those top two teams, technically in Division Two, that opportunity to, to then move up to Division One and so on and so forth. So that's the only reason I went eight teams is to kind of give those top two in the other division that opportunity. Matt? Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Uh, Stoops, I know, knows Barker. Uh, I'm in a couple leagues with Barker where he does uh, – I mean, these are deeper, obviously, than 12, so it makes it a little bit easier to do this. But he has a split into four divisions, and it's like the top two teams in each division get in, and then he has it split to where like two wildcard teams. So the two next mm -hmm. best teams record-wise get in. There's different ways to do it, especially if you split divisions like Stoops talked about. So I don't have an issue with that, If even though it's 12 teams – you're splitting up the way that teams get in. I don't, as long as you're not putting 10 of the 12 teams in, I, I, you know, then I think you're just kind of asking for chaos. But I, I think in most times, even with eight teams in, the better teams are likely going to win because those two teams at the bottom of that tier two are going to get probably knocked out first round. And what yeah. I'll say is this. So I'm in another league where essentially every team makes the playoffs. One through 12. Every It's basically like a March Madness style thing. So to your point, if you're going to go 10, like – you might as well just go 12 and just have, you know what I mean? Cause what's the point? So there's so many formats out there, but I would agree with you eight going more than eight, unless it's a larger roster or I'm sorry, a larger league going more than eight. It's what's the point. Right. So anyway, yeah. The, the thing I like about this as well. So normally the leagues that I play in first place on the one division, the second place to the other division, that's one and two seed. I don't always like that because there's can always be the, and there's, I've been in leagues where, you know, the top three of this division, top three of that division, they play each other, then you move into the championship. I don't like that. It, it's just how it should be because if a five and seven team, like there could be three five and seven teams in this division that make the playoffs, and then a guy in this division that's nine and three is going to miss the playoffs. It, it's that never should happen. That well, it, you know, should never happen in the NFL either. But that's beside the point. But um, it should never happen that way, right? You know what I mean? It should always be overall record, even if you want to take the two division winners. After that, it should be ranked, you know, whatever your record is, not per division per se. Um, so overall record first, second head-to-head uh, -head matchup, total points scored four. Those are the three tiebreakers. Um, all right, so prohibited acts. Here we go. I'm going to just kind of read this off. Inactivity, it is expected that every member of the league stays active in, uh, throughout the entire season. Every owner is expected to set a lineup, respond to trade offers, respond to any polls. Uh, our questions as they arise, communication is huge. I 1,000% agree with this. Understand we are busy, family, work, life, love, the pursuit of happiness. Just communicate with either commissioner privately or send a message in the group chat. Um, everybody's obviously on board with that one. Yeah. 
Intentional tanking, every owner is expected to set a best possible lineup every week. That does not mean the player is proje- uh, that is projected the most amount of points, but a player that is ruled out for the upcoming game, suspender on a bye week, should never be in your starting lineup. If you have a player in your taxi squad that is outperforming current players on your active roster or you have available roster slots on your active roster, roster it is expected but not required that you promote them to the active roster i am a big proponent of follow uh, allowing owners to manage their own teams as they see fit but be prepared to hear it from the Mm. other owners (laughs) i like that as well well because the reason i even put something like that in is because there was a, a a guy in my home league who essentially went into a rebuild and he traded for i don't remember who it was but he ended up on his his taxi squad because of roster configuration. It was kind of uh, positions in there. But it was one guy, and he was outperforming some other starters that he had, but he was still setting active and full rosters. So it was kind of like, hey, you should probably move him. But at the same time, like his team wasn't so atrocious that it's just like, man, you're deliberately tanking for 101. Like it wasn't that bad of a team. So that's kind of where it comes in. Like, it's his team. I'm going to let him do what he wants. But if somebody comes at you and says, dude, why is this guy down here? You got to be able to speak to it. And more so than just, well, I want the one-on-one. Like, which is, you know what I mean? So I don't like to control someone's team. But if it becomes a point where you've got, you know, I don't know, Saquon, which obviously he can't be now per se, but like Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Michael Thomas, whoever on your taxi squad, like, okay, you're, you're promoting those guys. That's unacceptable. So I actually had something close to that happen in a league. I was going to bring that up. Um, the year, because I'm trying to remember if it was correctly, Zeke came out the year before Barkley, right? Because I'm trying to remember. So. It was Okay, so what happened was this guy had um, – he had two good running backs. I can't remember exactly who they were, but it wasn't like trash running. It wasn't guys that shouldn't be starting, right? Mm-hmm. It was like probably low-end RB2s. And that year he had a bad record, finishes the 1.0, so he took Zeke first overall. Left Zeke on his taxi squad all year while he was clearly, I mean, if everybody remembers his rookie season, Mm -hmm. he had a phenomenal rookie season. The entire year he left him on his taxi squad while he was outperforming every single running back he had on his roster. And it looked like there was a point where he's going to bring him up because he suffered some injuries, but he left him down. Why? Because he was trending toward that one, one again, which was going to be who Saquon Barkley. And so when we brought it up in the chat, it was actually said, Oh, well, yeah, well, you know, there's technically, there was a time that technically no rules against not moving a player up. He's allowed to keep the player on his taxi squad. He wasn't tanking. He was still submitting a valid lineup every single week. It was just Zeke was outperforming everybody on his roster sitting on his taxi squad. So when it comes to intentional tanking, that that was one thing I was going to bring up that I don't, you know, we do in a lot of my other leagues is you don't go by record. You go by overall points. Because even with those teams, even if they have like a guy like Zeke on their taxi squad, that still counts toward their overall points of the season. So then you're actually awarding the worst team points wise um, mm. every year. Now, the, the one caveat to that is if you have a year where like Saquon, Zeke, Michael Thomas, all whatever, blow out their ACLs and that team end up getting the first pick because they're not getting those points from those players, you're helping out a loaded team. But it's it's there's different ways to approach tanking. I like the way that you have it worded, though, and I kind of feel like you're right. It's not pressuring someone to move someone up off their taxi squad but you're kind of like man come on like it's it's not if you have zeke outperforming everybody he should not be sitting on your taxi squad no. kind of thing. exactly i agree 100 um insulting owners I, I feel like this is another one of those things that shouldn't have to be in the the guidelines but they have to be uh i love good trash talk so i will allow some good respectful back and forth uh, but I will not tolerate any disrespect, trash, disrespectful trash talk. Some people have thicker skin, which I understand, but we all know there's a line that shouldn't be crossed. So please have a great time and be respectful to your fellow league mates. There was one time, and 
I basically, I kicked the guy out immediately. So something was said. I don't remember. And it's actually in that league where I have 12, uh, where all the teams make the playoffs. Um, so a lot of females play fantasy football, right? We, we've definitely seen an increase and that's amazing. So I do have a female in that league, um, which I was very happy about because it's always guys, 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 whatever. So I was happy that she jumped in. I don't remember how the conversation was going. She wasn't even a part of the conversation, but nonetheless, something was said. And this one guy pops in and he said something along the lines of basically, it's going to sound hard, something about, oh, well, that's why I hit my girlfriend or something like that. Right. And I was just like, dude, like, and everyone was like, that's unacceptable. So I basically said, look, dude, you're out. Like I, I can't, and he wasn't even trash talking. It was just, you don't make comments like that. And again, there's a line. So it's just one of those where, You've got to know what that line is. And as commissioner, the biggest thing is you've got to be able to follow through. I listened to commission. Um, oh, what am I got? Commission impossible. Commission impossible. Yeah. They talk about that all the time. Set the rules, enforce the rules, and don't be afraid to follow through. One of the things that we always talk about at keyboard warriors, right? The Twitter people, like they're, they're cool behind the, the keyboard, whatever. Most of the time, you're never going to meet these people. You don't want to intentionally make someone mad, but you've got to also understand, look, you live in New York. I live in wherever, Texas. Probably never going to see you. Hey, you're out of the league. You can get mad at me all you want. And even if you do, who cares? It's just trash talk is awesome. I love it. But there is a line. And you just you just don't cross that line. Yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. I think, um, you know, depending on what said, like that, obviously I agree. Anything that crosses yeah. the line, you know what it is when you cross the line. Don't pretend like you don't. Yeah, exactly. But, Certain thing, like Ricky mentioned, that you have in here, like some people have thicker skin than others. You know, if you're someone where you don't like certain things, I would always suggest, you know, maybe reaching out to the commissioner or that person. If someone says some things in the chat that you don't like, again, not, maybe not crossing the line, but saying something that you just find offensive and just letting them know because, you know, if you tell them and then they still keep doing it, tell the commissioner and then they can have a talk with them. And then if it keeps going, commissioner can decide where to go from there. Cause I do, I'm in a league with a, my home league where there are, there's some people, I've, I've two women in that league and there's some people that they'll say things. They don't mean it to be. It's just kind of one of those guys. I yeah. hate this thing. Cause I think it's stupid, but guys will be guys kind of thing where they say things, not realizing, Hey man, there's still women in here. Cause we've been so long without women being in this league. Like, Hey, you, I always try to give a warning on that, but it wasn't anything that crossed the line. Like what Stoop said, there are certain things, you know, once you cross that line, yeah, I'm with you. You got to go. Other things, if you say something, someone reaches out to you and says you're being offensive. I mean, come on, man. We're, we're here for fun. Just kind of, yeah, okay, you, it's, it's a group chat, man. Just don't say certain things if other people are offended by it. Yeah, exactly. And the, the crazy thing is, and there's some, some women out there that give it way more than the, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some, yeah. there's some <laughs> tough women out there. So it, it's not to, I, I, I just, that's what popped in my mind. So I wasn't necessarily trying to create the, you know argument in that sense but there's some women out there that i i'd have to think like the ball blast girls they're gonna give it to you just oh, as much as you give yeah. it to them so there's oh. there's just there's some out there that that they've got some very thick skin for sure all right so lastly we have leaving the league if you decide you would like to leave the league that's perfectly fine and acceptable just please send a private message and let the commissioner know the commissioner will find a replacement owner however any recommendations will be taken into consideration but ultimately the decision of the commissioner um that's pretty stereotypical for any league I've ever been in. If you're going to leave a league, leave the league. You know what I mean? Don't, you know, don't make it unfun for everybody else. You know what I mean? That's my personal opinion. If you don't, if you're not having fun, if you're not active, you're not doing any of those things, take yourself out of the league, right? Yeah. Don't make the commissioner make the decision either. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Make it easy on the commissioner. Understand. That's one last thing before we go. Um, respect your commissioners. Your respect, your, your commissioners are putting in a lot of effort. 
and they're creating leagues. They're, they have a lot of moving pieces, especially of guys that are multiple commissioner leagues and stuff like that. Be kind to your commissioners. Be, you know, if they mess something up, let them know, but don't be that person. You know what I mean? Don't be that guy. Um, for me, that's kind of important as well because the brunt of the league is on their shoulders, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like something happens, you didn't do something right, take it easy on them. You know what I mean? Like, just that's just common sense, in my opinion. I agree. As a commissioner, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of leagues, it's, it's, everybody thinks it's easier than it really is. It, it takes a lot of work. And I mean, I said it, especially when it comes to some of the stuff we talked about inactivity, not setting lineups, like just, if you see something, give your commissioner a heads up and let them know because they can't always check every yeah. single lineup of every single yep. league. I promise you most of – I guess you can't say everybody, but I would say 98 to 99% of commissioners are doing the best that they can all the time because they want to keep the leagues around. They created it because they want it to be something you're still playing five from ten, five to ten years from now. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, Matt, give us some plugs before you go, man. I mean, you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, SportsFanaticMB, uh, right for Dynasty Nerds. And then we have the uh, the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast, me and my co-host, Matt Fox, Dennis, and Tony. Uh, and then I also do a Browns podcast as well. If you're a Browns fan, you can see the flag behind me. I do a Browns podcast for the Back Row Fantasy Network as well. So real quick before we go, if somebody's made it an hour and six minutes into this, <laughs> um, I will say congratulations first off, but also second off. I'm very, very happy to have the Fantasy Football Roundtable as part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. I know I'm giving a little bit away here. I really don't care. Like I said, it's an hour and six minutes in this podcast. We're announcing it live on Wednesday, um, obviously July 1st. It's something amazing. I'm excited to have you guys on this network with us. It was just a small tidbit of a thing that I thought about one day. I text soups about it, and then it prospered and here we you know we kind of you and i had a conversation about something completely different completely different um matt and i did and then it's turned into this so it's really exciting to have you guys on board yeah we're we're, we're excited to be here it took it took one person convincing one guy on our team was kind of seemed hesitant i'm sure ricky knows who we're talking about but he, he he's on board and it's it's gonna be fun man we're we're really excited to see where this goes i mean i love listening to you guys i listen to every episode that, that you guys download i've had you guys both on our show uh, i like what you guys are doing i respect both of you as well so Having you guys doing what you're doing, especially not just with the Debbie Delight, Ricky, but everything else, and then coming over, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait to see where this goes because I have no doubt it's going to grow bigger than some people probably give us credit for. So I'm excited about it. I agree as well. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. There's a lot of cross promotion. It's going to be, you know, there's so much fun, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the good thing about it is, is, is my key to this when I started thinking about it was, I want people as passionate as I am, as Stoops is, as my podcast on my movie podcast, uh, Jacob. I want that kind of people surrounding us in this network because that's what stands out way greater than anything else is the people that love to talk about what they're talking about. So make sure to follow Stoops on Twitter at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Villar underscore. Give the show a follow at The Debbie Delight. Check out the Music City Drive-In Dot com where you'll be able to find a list of all of the new podcasts on the network. Um, yeah. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.